Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we're launching a new series on Gear 30 called Reviewing the Reviewer, and the idea here is pretty simple. We'll be asking various Blister reviewers questions about their backgrounds and gear preferences to give you a more complete picture of the people behind our reviews. And since we like to rank and review things around here, we are going to be scoring each of our reviewers' answers to come up with a review grade for each of them. That last part, that rating our reviewers part, was actually Luke Coppa's idea Though when he came up with that, I think he had no idea that we were going to make him go first. So that kind of feels like poetic justice. Anyway, I sat down with Luke in Blister HQ yesterday, and I interrogated him about where he grew up and what he was into as a kid. I asked him about his gear preferences and what gear he is most picky about and least picky about and why. Then we asked Luke a number of guest questions that came in from ON3P founder Scott Andrus. Those are good. And then among other things, I asked Luke who his favorite Blister reviewer is, and I actually got him to rank his siblings from most favorite to least favorite. That was kind of amazing. And we even talk about Luke's favorite books, music, and movies. Now, one caveat, we do at the end of the episode tally up the scores of Luke's answers and then basically assign a grade to, like, I don't know, his whole personhood or something. But since this was our first time doing this, I might have gotten a little loose on the scoring for each question. So if any of you happen to be exceptionally type A, you might want to follow along and check my scoring because there is a very good chance that I may have messed something up here. And this very special episode of Gear 30 is presented by Tribe Alpha. Tribe Alpha is great e-commerce for the great outdoors and can help you improve the performance of your e-commerce site. With more than 25 years of web experience, Tribe Alpha has a long and successful history working with retailers in the outdoor industry and will help you grow your e-commerce business. Furthermore, Gear 30 listeners get a special discount. Just visit tribealpha.com gear to receive a 10% discount off their standard pricing. That's tribealpha.com gear. And now it is time to grill our managing editor here at Blister, Luke Kappa. Here we are in Blister headquarters in Elevation Hotel in Mount Crested Butte, Colorado. And I am here... With your most prestigious guests yet. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yep, it's just uh, it's me and Luke Kappa. Uh, actually, in a series that I guess I it was kind of maybe started as my idea, but then Luke kind of named the series uh, Reviewing the Reviewer. I'm not actually sure that Luke knew he was going to go at all. But then we decided that Luke should go first. And uh, so that's what brings us to this occasion today as Luke sits across from me. How you feeling, Luke? I'm good. Just got done with mountain biking. Luckily, we were able to sneak in a few quick laps and run back and record a podcast right after. So, yeah, feeling good. Story of story of your life. Yeah. Well, this will be fun. We, we are intending to make this a series where we are, um, you know, we've got... A bunch of new people on board. We've got some older folks we haven't heard from in a while. And so uh, we figured, you know, we've got these bios up on the website, but they're, you know, relatively brief. And so, uh, yeah, reviewing the reviewer. And so this is going to be an evolving thing, but basically how this is going to work, and this actually was Luke's idea, this part. Uh, We're going to ask some questions. I am going to give a grade to each of Luke's answer, basically on a scale of one to 10. And so at the end, we'll have some number and that is going to be... And that's all I am. It's just some number by the end of it. That's right. We will have reduced... Takes me back to high school. (laughs) We will have reduced you to a number. So um, that's the idea here. One other thing, there's always, I think, going to be a random review uh, as a portion of each of these reviewer segments. And given that 
Luke some time ago made me kind of try slash review White Claw. I was going to have him try a drink today. We're actually both going to try it because some kind of a long time ago now, I think around this like March Madness. <laughs> I was going to say the Super Bowl. Yeah. Coke, as in Coca-Cola, came out with this orange vanilla Coca-Cola that I got to say, like, I see nobody drinking this ever or talking about it. And so maybe there's this whole underground scene of people who love orange vanilla Coke. I don't know. Doesn't seem to me that's true. But anyway, I figured we would try it because I'm guessing if you're listening to this, my hunch is you have not tried it. So um, I'm cracking mine open right now. But here we're going to start. Luke's first question is his initial thought of orange vanilla Coca-Cola. Made a weird face. To me, it just tastes like vanilla Coke. Yeah, it's very vanilla. There's not a whole lot of orange. It's like vanilla vanilla Coke with a hint of weirdness. A tiny bit of citrus to it. I think they just wanted to put vanilla Coke in an orange can to make people buy it. Yeah. Um, If you like vanilla Coke but wishes it was slightly, slightly, subtly stranger. Yeah. You you now have uh, this option. It's, uh, I guess my review would be less weird than I expected. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's also sitting next to the PBR he's currently drinking. Well, I had to cleanse my palate before. <laughs> With PBR? Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> PBR. That's my baseline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought that was a fine answer. I, I'll give you like a six. All right. Six, cool. six and a half. I'll take that. It's above 50%. Okay. Lou Kappa, um, let's get into it a bit background how old are you and where did you grow up uh i am now 23 and i grew up uh basically around milwaukee wisconsin okay i was technically born in madison but i don't remember any of it because i think we moved when i was like one but yeah mostly milwaukee wisconsin as a kid list the things that you were most passionate about i don't know like zero to 12 okay um yeah so when I started playing soccer when I was like three years old, I think. My dad coached our like rec team and then played volleyball in middle school. I actually liked that a lot, but had to choose between the two for high school. So did soccer and then um, kind of since I was a kid, fishing was a big part of my life. Um, not like fly fishing, just regular fishing and got really into that in, around like middle school. Um, so I'd say like fishing was more my passion and then soccer was just like kind of looped in with school and just something I did all the time and played that through junior year of high school and then started playing rugby my sophomore year of high school and got really into that enjoyed it a lot more than soccer and then also started rock climbing um I think sophomore year as well so there was there was a I think two years where I was doing all three sports and rugby and club soccer were at the same time, which was chaotic. Um, but yeah, fishing, rugby, soccer, rock climbing were the highlights. Do you, now, can you rank those? Uh, I would say it varied a bit depending on the time. Um, but I think I think at various points in my life, each one of those things was number one. I would say fishing stayed near the top more, mostly because it was a, it was a just an activity I did on my own and not something that like I had to show up to practice for. Um, and then I think I was, I was probably like equally passionate about rugby and soccer or rugby and rock climbing in high school. By the time I got to high school, soccer had kind of become just like something I felt like I almost had to do. Um, and uh, the school I went to was extremely competitive and like would win the state championship almost every year. So it was very serious, and rugby was a lot more relaxed, but we were still really competitive, which was nice. And then rock climbing was just kind of a relaxation thing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Relaxing with rock climbing. Yeah. What was your first job? Um, (laughs) So my first job did not last very long. Uh, I, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. I started looking around. My parents were like, yeah, you need to get the hell out of the house, like earn some money. Um, and 
I applied to a few places and there weren't many, like I had already been interested in the outdoors and I knew I would love to do that, but the chances seemed pretty slim. So I applied to like the store that was by my house. It was kind of like a local REI. And then there was a art actual REI, like 45 minutes away, applied to those, didn't hear back. And then, um, there was a public library across the highway from me. Um, and they were hiring and they were apparently a lot less, uh, particular about who they hired than the outdoor shop. So I got a job there shelving books. It lasted about two weeks. And then I was really, really, really not liking it. Um, cause one, the building wasn't air conditioned and Milwaukee in the summer is like oftentimes 85 degrees and hundred percent humidity. And we couldn't wear shorts and we couldn't wear chacos. Um, so after work at the library one day, I went to this store that was formerly known as Erewhon, just went in and was like, Hey, was, is there a manager I can talk to? Uh, I sent in an application a few weeks ago and the manager, Marty came up, talked with him, got a call a couple days later, they wanted to hire me. And then I quit at the library and then, um, <laughs> worked at Erewhon for, I think like three years after that. Wow. So I had a short stint at the library, hated it then went to work at an outdoor shop. I'm going to give you like a, I'm going to give you a one. You're yeah. Get for, for hating books. persistence. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. just Gave for up pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. We went from LJ Stranio's unbelievable <laughs> example of grit to you quitting like day one. Or I'm just smarter and figured out how to get a job I wanted. Uh, I don't know. I, I read that mostly as you hate books. So yeah. I'm, I'm dinging yeah. you for that one. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit. Where did you go to college? What did you study and why? So I went to Colorado State University in Fort Collins. And my degree, the overarching degree was just called apparel and merchandising. And my concentration was called product development. Um, and yeah, basically when I was looking at colleges, I knew I really wanted to go somewhere where I could mostly climb at that point that was when like climbing was my thing and Colorado drew my attention and then kind of like halfway through my college search I realized that designing clothes was something I was really passionate about and I had been for a while and never really realized that that could actually be a career so then I started focusing on colleges that actually had a program that would support that and CSU has a surprisingly kind of well-renowned program um so I started in the apparel design concentration because the product development one didn't exist my freshman year and then um, ended up switching midway through my sophomore year, lost 18 credits worth of classes in terms of going towards my degree, ended up taking 18 to 20 credits every semester for the rest of the four years, but graduating four. Um, and yeah, I've just been always passionate about specifically like outdoor apparel. Um, I still definitely like pay attention to the kind of higher fashion and streetwear side, but I was one of a few people who was kind of more focused on the technical aspects and um, actually got some opportunities to do some cool research there. So yeah, it worked out well. That was a pretty good answer. <laughs> when did you start skiing? So technically the first time I went downhill skiing was when I was, I think like 10 years old at Alpine Valley in Wisconsin with my family. And my parents had skied like a little bit. They have, uh, I went back and saw when I was there in May, the skis that they had bought a long time ago. And they're like two tens, completely straight, like really narrow. Um, but they, when they had all of us, I have three other siblings. Um, and so like, we weren't a family that went skiing all the time. It was just like so expensive to rent gear and get lift tickets and everything. Um, but yeah, first time I went was like 10 years old. And then right after that, um, my parents did have cross country skis. So my brothers and I would take those and then just like find any hill we could find and just straight line down it and try and not fall. Um, and then I think I skied probably like less than five times a year throughout high school and then got to Colorado, bought a season pass, probably logged like 20 I think I logged like 28 days freshman year I didn't have a car 
until my senior year of college. So I was just like begging people to take me skiing. And like, as soon as I started and I like, I bought my first pair of skis, I was just like, I was the crazy guy, like who always wanted to go skiing, no matter (laughs) how bad the traffic was or how bad the conditions were. Um, So yeah, the first day I logged more than like five days of skiing was 20, the 14, 15 season. And since then it's ramped up (laughs) dramatically every year. (laughs) What do you honestly think you're getting in a 12 month period? Um, I don't think I've ever hit 200, but I would guess this year I'm somewhere between, especially by the time next season rolls around, like 150 to 175. Yeah. 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 It was a good year. <laughs> you, you, you managed to get out quite a bit. Yeah. When did you start trail running or running or trail running? Running in general was always kind of something that like I kind of forced myself to do during high school just to stay in shape. I hated it. Um, because it was instilled as a punishment for soccer and rugby. Um, And then once I got to college and I wasn't involved in any sports, um, I started running mostly on roads freshman year and then sophomore year. um, Fort Collins actually has some great trails around it. So I found that a lot more interesting than running on a straight paved road. Um, So probably like 2014 or 2015. Okay. Yeah. This is kind of a fun one. When did you start mountain biking? (laughs) Uh, I think the first time I got on what I would call a mountain bike was like 2015 maybe. Um, And it was like a a trek with a coil shock from like (laughs) 20 or 2008 or five maybe. I don't know. It's really old. I just remember it being really bouncy and really, (laughs) really steep head angle. but before this year, 2019, I'd probably ridden a mountain bike like 10 times. And then living in Crested Butte, uh, I figured it was finally time to dive in. So I bought a bike in June, which happened to be the week before my car's engine died. So it was a very expensive week, but now all of that's paid off. And yeah, so I really started mountain biking like a month and a half ago. And are going basically every day. Almost every day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. This has been a fun like development. It's made summer a lot more interesting because it definitely does a better job of filling the void of skiing than anything else I've done. Like I fish a lot during the summer, I trail run, but like neither of those kind of match the adrenaline of that skiing creates or provides. So yeah, yeah, it's been a good time and couldn't be in a better place to do it. Yeah. All right. So given all this, what are your current favorite sports or kind of sport activities and and rank them okay i would say skiing is still pretty easily number one um that's i think i mean one like i feel really comfortable doing it but it's still crazy fun and i think that's what i look forward to the most second is hard between mountain biking and fishing i think right now it's tough (laughs) I guess I would say mountain biking, but I could switch those pretty easily. And they're so different. It's like mountain biking fills the void of skiing, whereas fly fishing is just like the opposite. It's like pretty relaxing, except for when like you miss a fish or something and cuss all over the place, <laughs> but um, very different. And I, I've loved kind of the balance that that creates in terms of like, I can go get, try, <laughs> try and get rowdy on a mountain bike one day and then just hang out by the river the next um, which has been made the summers a lot more enjoyable for sure. We're chalking all of those questions up to kind of one background, like Luke's background. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to get like, uh, you know, one grade on all of those questions under the background rubric. So I'm going to, I'm going to call that an eight. Cool. I'm going to give you an that. eight. <laughs> cool. So you currently have eight points. Talk a bit about how you first got connected with Blister. Yeah. So my, I think it was my sophomore year of college. I had, I mean, I, so, well, I'll actually talk about what led to this later, but I was looking for a backcountry ski setup and was just like perusing the internet, not finding much. And then I started to notice Blister reviews coming up over and over again. So I started reading a ton of stuff on the site. And then um, I had an internship 
that summer that ended up not getting me quite as many hours as I expected. And then Blister posted a ad for a graphic design intern. Oh, that's right. And I happened to have Adobe, the Adobe suite on my computer and kind of knew how to use it <laughs> through school, like for designing clothes. Um, and then got accepted in the internship, worked on the graphic design side. Um, Wait, got accepted at the Blister internship? Blister internship, yeah. yeah. And then um, once I finished with the graphic design stuff, started helping out with like, well, it was basically just like you asking me like, hey, can you do this? And I was like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and then just kept taking on more and more responsibility until like started working on customer service and then like uh, working with the companies to get gear arranged for reviews and then started, well, I also helped with the buyer's guide that year like getting specs and photos. And then the next year, I think it was when I started to do all the design for it. And somewhere around there, I started editing. And then the past year, Buyer's Guide did all the layout for it. And like you and I kind of tag teamed that thing. And then, <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> I can't even keep track of like what the stuff it is that I do. Like manage the content, manage the Buyer's Guide, take almost all of our photos, design the Buyer's Guide, and a bunch of other random stuff. And a bunch of other random stuff, yeah. yeah. You've come a long way because I remember when you first, I didn't know your name when you first came <laughs> yeah. on as an intern and I would just, I would just ask like, how's the new guy? And you know, the response would generally be like, good. Yeah, real good. And I'm like, well, can you do this? And then finally I learned your name and then things have progressed. How yeah. long, when did that internship start? What year that was, was that? It was either three, I think it was three years ago. Is that it? It feels yeah, it like about like 20. Three in July sometime, I that, think. That can't be right. Let me check that's not. <laughs> that cannot be right. It's it's either three or four. Four at least. But I think it's like seven. <laughs> it feels like seven. It feels like seven. <laughs> um, I started three years ago in one month. The first time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it feels like a lot longer than that. <laughs> It's like dog years around here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised I don't have gray hair yet. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Three years. I honestly, I honestly would have guessed at least five. Yeah. <laughs> talk, let's talk a bit about your ski preferences. And I mean, one of the things we do kind of pride ourselves on is that I certainly think that, you know, you and I feel like we're pretty good at getting on basically anything mm -hmm. and being able to write an appropriate review in terms of who's going to really click with this ski and the like. But with that caveat, if you're just left up to your own devices, what do you personally tend to gravitate toward? Yeah. So I think for the, the biggest thing for me is somehow trying to get a nearly equal balance of what I generalize as just playfulness and stability. Like I, I want to ski that does not feel really just twitchy and pingy and unstable when I want to ski fast. But I also tend to prefer skis that have mountain points a little bit closer to center. I like twin tips. I like a lot of rocker. I usually like taper. So my ideal skis, the ones I've clicked with the most, are kind of like poppy. They're energetic. They're easy to slide and slarve around but they can still hold a solid edge and they don't fold up or get knocked around super easily at high speeds. And there are definitely exceptions to this. Like the line Sir Francis Bacon this year turned out to be one of my favorite skis. I thought I was going to hate it. It's a very light, pretty soft, super playful ski, but it's so playful that it just kind of makes sense to me where there are a lot of skis that are like kind of playful, kind of stable, but not really in either direction they're they're not on either end of the spectrum and then there are skis like the Rosinol black ops 118 which might be my favorite ski of all time that is crazy damp very stable but it's designed around this like freestyle oriented platform so it still suits my style of skiing really well so like basically like when i'm skiing i'm trying to find literally anything to jump off of except for like like 70 foot cliffs like <laughs> i'm not gonna just roll up to that casually 
And then I like carving hard. I like a ski that produces a lot of energy on edge. And I like to ski switch and flipped and spinned a little bit more this year and looking forward to doing more of that and hopefully not hurting myself too bad. But then, yeah, I like to ski fast in between all of that. So appreciate like a, a damp and stable feel too, which turns out is pretty hard to find. There aren't a lot of skis that have that kind of like ideal match. That's a pretty good answer. I'm giving you a 10 Sick. actually. Who is your favorite reviewer at Blister? <laughs> um, so we have a lot of good people, but it's a pretty easy choice for me. I know what you're going to say. Noah Bodman <laughs> yeah. turns in some of the best reviews. It makes my life so much easier. And every time I get an email from him with a new review, I just get so happy because I don't have to worry about like whatever day we end up posting it. Like we got one, I got one from him today and huh. I was like, sick. <laughs> like I could relax tonight. <laughs> um, and he's just so dialed and his writing's like, it's not only really good, it's funny. Yep. Like he's one of the few people where like, I will laugh while editing his reviews. Yep. Um, and then shout out to Mark O'Brien who does like the photos for him all the time. He takes amazing photos and, and he always submits reviews with photos, which is great. <laughs> um, so yeah. I know I I owe Noah a present or something. Yeah, it's this is true. Luke, like I get these emails or texts from Luke, and they're like all lit up like it's Christmas morning. Yeah. Like I just got a review from Noah, and uh, yeah. So I I knew what the answer was going to be to that, but um, yeah. I figured we should put that on put that on wax. So all right, I'm giving you a ten for that one. Um, Thanks, Noah. Even though we'll we'll give Noah a ten for that yeah. too. What's the most interesting thing that's ever happened to you? So this was one of the few questions I knew about before, and I couldn't think of anything. Turns out I'm really boring because <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that stood out. I'm going to go with like just a general fun fact that if you think about it too hard, isn't that fun. But my mom's cousin's cousin was the guy who founded New Belgium. <laughs> And that's probably like the funnest fact I have about my family. And I'm just going to keep just hanging on to the, my mom's cousin's cousin's fame. That's not a good answer. No, it's But not. let me help you out here. You also have some, yeah, I'm shocked at how lame that answer was. <laughs> I'll just wait for the next ones. <laughs> you, you also have some other connection with that like Icelandic Oh yeah. Well, my mom, again, my mom's Thank God for your mom. best friend's husband started um, Einstock Brewery, which at least when it started was the only brewery in Iceland. Um, and they've started sending stuff over here and their white ale is like one of my favorite beers ever. So basically the only th interesting thing about me is that I know some people that started breweries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get a one for yeah, that. Yeah, I will happily and, take that. <laughs> and the next time, by the way, like just you want to frame this if you're ever asked this question again is like, I am two degrees removed from the founders of two breweries. That's there how you go. do it. Yeah. So you're welcome for that. Cool. Um, another important editing lesson. I'll tell the New York Times that when they interview me next. Right. Uh, or maybe the Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you get a one for that. I'll take it. Uh, when I was in Depler Farm in Iceland, I was literally raising an Einstock, in, you know, in your name. And you <laughs> it's don't good even... beer. People should try it. Yeah, they should. Who is your favorite skier? Yeah, so I don't have, like, a clear one that's just, like, easily my favorite skier. But I think Marcus Eder is one of the coolest skiers I've kind of kept tabs on in terms of, like, I mean, he's set up this like monster rail feature for the past two years. He competed in Olympic slope style, and then he won the free ride world tour this year and films with matchstick. Like in terms of well-roundedness. And, and Hoji just yeah. says glowing things about yeah. him. And like, and he's like not, he doesn't come off as crazy serious. Like he's a funny, goofy dude. He's also really good at skateboarding and puts out really cool video parts. Yeah, in terms of like most well-rounded, I think it's he's definitely up there and like just not many people are like winning free ride comps and then hitting like 100 foot rails and like setting it up for other people to hit too and then i would say i mean like candide's an obvious pick because he's just ridiculous um and then on like the lesser known front dylan siggers out of fernie bc 
is not like super famous or anything, rides for line, but his style is kind of what I aspire to. Cause like when I first started skiing, shifties were like the first quote unquote trick that I learned. And he's like all about super quick shifties, like shifties in the middle of spins, just like hucking off all side hits and weird features that you wouldn't normally see. And the he like produces a bunch of their video content for the Burlaps crew and just comes off as a really kind of fun crew to ride with that's not too serious, but that are still like badass skiers. Hmm. Yeah. That's a very good answer. I'm giving you a 10. Cool. Makes up for my lack Last. of interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I asked you, what's the most interesting thing that's ever happened to you? What's the most interesting thing you've ever done? Yeah. So probably a similarly disappointing answer, but I think when just like comparing to the general population, not necessarily like really gnarly, like ski industry population, I've skied every month at least once for the past 44 months, I think, which like is nothing like people have been doing the same thing for years um but it's been a fun way to just kind of stay stoked about skiing and also it's fun to just get weird comments from people in like rocky mountain national park in like august and like what are those for <laughs> and trying to come up with funny answers like saying we're on the way to a basin or something like that <laughs> um so that's probably like one of the semi-unique things that i have been doing for the past few years other than that yeah, I think I'm just really boring. You're not that boring. You're boring here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm going to give you an eight just because okay. I think that records of skiing every month should be rewarded with at least an eight. So <laughs> cool. Um, what's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Uh, this would be a much longer list. Um, but I think the, the, the thing that comes to mind is my poor relationship with the mountain Long's Peak um, in Rocky Mountain National Park. Right when I graduated high school, my good climbing buddy Henry and I took a road trip out west and like climbed to South Dakota and Wyoming and ended up in Colorado. And it was June. And so we we're like, it's summer. Like, let's just go climb Long's Peak while we're there. And so like, <laughs> we, we went to the office and they're like, oh yeah, the entire thing is covered in ice and snow because that's Colorado in June and we didn't bring any like crampons or ice axes or anything like that. So we're like, Oh, it'll be a good, it would just be cool to like camp up at the Boulder field, which I think is like 12, somewhere between 12 and 13,000 feet. And it's just a talus field. And I had my ultralight backpacking tent and not a backpacking backpack. Cause we weren't planning on doing it overnight. And so we hiked up starting at like four in the afternoon or something, both got altitude sickness. Um, my stove wouldn't light. So we were like forcing honey stinger gummies down our bellies because we like had to eat something. And then there were like 60 mile an hour winds all night. So my tent was torn to shreds. So that was my first trip up Longs. And then I think it was like two years later after we had a bit more experience, Henry hit me up and for some reason wanted to climb it in February along with one of our friends who had very little mountaineering experience. And yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly it was really cold and we got to the boulder field again like more 60 mile an hour winds and our friend was like not very confident and so we turned around and then all the wind had blown snow over the trail so we never found it we got to tree line and like kind of thought we knew where the trail was and couldn't find it and we had snowshoes and we just slogged through about waist to chest deep powder because it had snowed a ton a few days ago for about four miles and my snowshoes were the only ones that weren't broken by the end of it. So I was breaking trail the whole time. And that was what led me to buy a backcountry setup. That was like the last straw. I'm like, I'm never snowshoeing again. Um, and then the most recent time I went up there again in February for some reason, um, this time with my roommate, Matt and conditions were like unreal. It was like middle of February, Longs Peak, Rocky Mountain National Park, historically, terrible weather and we got up to the boulder field it was like 30 degrees completely sunny absolutely zero wind and then we got up to the ledges which are not very technical but they did have some ice on them and there's a lot of exposure and then at that point my roommate thought it would be a good idea idea to remind me that he's not big on heights 
Um, and so we bailed and sunbathed in a boulder field for an hour or two and then like survival skied back to the trailhead. But yeah, Long's Peak, still haven't been to the top. Um, spent a lot of time up there, but have made a lot of stupid decisions, but never got hurt, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to give, um, that's like a six. All right. Your friend though, I'm giving that dude like a zero. Oh, you'd love him. Really? <laughs> we did another, uh, Who, so, do I know this person? I don't think you've met him. His name is Matt. Um, lived together for a while in Fort Collins. Um, one of the summer ski missions we did was we went to Rollins Pass and Skyscraper Glacier. It's kind of by Winter Park. And for some reason, I thought we needed to leave at like 2 a.m. to avoid thunderstorms. And Matt said he would be down. So I went to bed early. He didn't. I got up at like 1.30 and like called him and he picked up and it was like really loud in the background. He was still at the party he had gone to earlier that night. He's like, dude, I'm still down. Just come pick me up. So I picked him up with all of his ski stuff. We drove there. Um, he was not sober. Um, <laughs> and he, we, he was like hiking in like khakis, new balances and like a collared shirt. And then we had to down climb. If anyone's skied skyscraper before it can get real dicey late in the summer because it melts out and there's just steep, loose, like mud and rocks. Um, and then he actually did all right for being probably very hungover slash drunk and not sleeping at all. And then I was setting up my stuff and drop one of my skis down it and the brakes didn't stop it and so i had to glissade down and i had a pair of patagonia baggy shorts on which and it was like the five inch inseam ones and so and i like the only thing i had to slow me down was my other ski so i was like trying to use it to slow me down but it was like summer glacial ice and it just gave me like the worst road rash i've ever seen and tore up like all of my butt and then um, the baggies liner just stuck to it all like surgical mesh. Um, yeah. So that was, that was another really stupid thing we did. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, and kind of gross. Yeah. It was nasty. Yeah. And then got eaten alive by mosquitoes the rest of the day. Jesus. Yeah, super fun. I was thinking about whether this story was going to like bump your grade up, but <laughs> I think I'm just going to leave it at six. <laughs> what are you better at than Sam Shaheen? Hmm. Writing. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> this um, is true. I'm probably better at fishing than him. Probably. Yeah. He's definitely a better climber and I would say better skier in most regards. I'm better at not making you mad all the time. That's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think those would be my the ones that come off the top of my head. Sam definitely makes me... Was that true? That... I was gonna. Sam I feel like makes you me complain more, about him more. I complain about Sam more than I think. Or I maybe do. you're just complaining about each of us to the other all the time. And no, it's equal. <laughs> no, I would tell you for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna give you an eight and a half for that. He's definitely better at Tinder than me. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. He's, if just, we've more, he's just more ambitious. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's either better or way worse. Yeah. It's unclear. <laughs> Gear question, skis, boots, bindings, apparel, running shoes, fishing poles. What are you pickiest about? Oof. I would say least picky about fishing poles. Partially because I've just been using the same cheap Cabela's pole since I was 13, and it works fine. Um, even less picky about fishing reels because like, I barely even use mine. Um but I would say, and if we're talking about alpine bindings, those are super low on the list. I can get along with pretty much any alpine binding. Um, touring bindings, a little bit pickier, but if I'm just touring, it's usually in like good snow and I'm, I'm not like, I don't need the most powerful damp, like most, yeah, I don't need, I don't need a shift or a tecton for everything. So not crazy picky about that. I would say, skis and apparel would be the things i'm pickiest about ski boots i mean if you put me in a boot that doesn't fit i'm gonna hate it but and you tend to not you have weird feet or yeah something. my feet don't work with many boots so i've been skiing the nordica strider 120 and our reviewer kara she punched it out and raised my i think raised my heel a little bit and now that one fits really nicely 
Um, and I've also gotten along with that Del Bello Lupa Pro HD um, just naturally, which is nice. But yeah, like fit aside, like I'm not the pickiest person when it comes to flex patterns or anything. Like I don't need the stiffest boot. I can make a softer boot work. Um, but yeah, skis and apparel. Apparel, I'll notice things I hate like instantly and they'll bug me a lot, I think, because I know what goes into it. I'm like, oh, they could have fixed this just by doing the seam differently. Whereas skis, like, yeah, we've been on a lot of skis, but I can get along with a lot of them. There aren't, I don't think there are that many like terrible skis out there. Um, whereas apparel, especially because I'm using it like more like outside of just a recreational activity, like I'm wearing this stuff every day. And if I, yeah, if I notice like quality issues or like weird patterning or like why they use this material with this zipper or something like that, that stuff drives me nuts. And Sam and I will like have passionate conversations about how mad certain pieces of apparel make us. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't mention trail, sh trail running shoes. I would rank those like probably even with ski boots, but I also like same deal with ski boots. I have weird feet and weird feet issues where I need to run in like really cushioned shoes. Um, but yeah, have like, I have had a few shoes that just like, I'm like, why did you make this this way? Like they just don't make sense. But, um, I feel like that stuff doesn't make me quite as mad as skiing and apparel. That's pretty good. I'll give that a nine. Cool. How does it feel that you are no longer the youngest person at blister? <laughs> Do you feel old? Uh, no, or kind of, I don't know. It like when we brought on Gordon and Maddie, and I think Dylan's even younger than me too. I feel like I'm the same age, and I basically am. <laughs> like I'm two years or three years younger than them, I think. Um, or older than or them. older older than them. Yeah, I I forget what age I am all the time, so I it it's never been something that bothers me. And like two of my best friends here turns out they're like 27 and 30. I thought they were 22 for like eight <laughs> months. Um, so it seems like CB's kind of like Peter Pan land where age doesn't really matter all that much. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm giving that a 10. Cool. I have a couple guest questions. Okay. Um, first, <laughs> first from my girlfriend, Nicole, why is your hair so long? Uh, it's this weird thing where if you don't cut it, it just keeps growing. Um, and I haven't cut it in almost a year. It's not as long as it used to be. I went, so my college, I like, as soon as I got to college, I was like, sick, I'm on my own. I could just grow out my hair. So I did that for two years, cut it all off, grew it out again for two years, cut it all off. And then now it's been growing for a year. Um, I'll probably just let it grow again. I don't know. No, we'll no. See. I might dye it blonde. No. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> We were thinking I'll about it, it so much. I know, and that might make me love it a lot oh, more. No, no, we'll see about that. Well, good news, Sam. <laughs> you might no longer be the person at Blister that I get the most mad at. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we actually have several guest questions from Scott Andrus, uh, founder of ON3P, who happened to email me about something just as we were starting this conversation and I asked him if he had any questions for you and he does. So uh, Scott's first question was, do you know how much of Scott Andrus's time you have wasted while he explains that yes, the cartel slash Jeffrey 108 is not a ripping front side carver for 55 year old dentists, but is in fact functional on hard pack? Yes, I think I have a good idea of how much time he has spent doing that. And I still stand by everything I said. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Andrus wrote, uh, one million hours is the answer. <laughs> and then he wrote, I will accept answers above one million hours as well. One million hours might be a bit on the low end. Yeah, I'll just add some context to this. I love the Jeffrey Schlesk Cartel 108 in all conditions except ice. Like, as we wrote in our review, super firm, super smooth snow. It's kind of unpredictable. Everywhere else, super fun ski, awesome blend of playfulness and stability, which is why I like it. But yes, I, I still stand by that it is not what I would choose for very, very firm snow. It's a 108 underfoot ski that has a lot of rocker. Yeah. So 
people like listen to this podcast don't bug scott anymore so he can stop being mad at me yeah, he's so mad at you and sam <laughs> yeah. um the other thing i think is hilarious is i'm just gonna assume that all the people that are like i don't know i heard the jeffrey 108 doesn't carve well you are not carving hard yeah <laughs> i do not believe that you are out there railing turns so you know send photos to us proving otherwise but if you are somebody that's been on the interwebs hearing that, you know, the guys at Blister said that that thing sucks on hard pack, I don't believe you are actually carving a ski hard. That's for, not who's buying that yeah. ski. And for what it's worth, the woodsman on my brief hard pack time on it felt a lot more predictable. So oh. I think for those those people, and I think the people that are complaining about like how hard can it rip slalom turns are not the target market for a cartel. I think no. they're the target market for a woodsman or a renegade. So, hmm. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Scott also wanted to know what two skis are you asked to compare the most that are not even remotely comparable? <laughs> That's a oh, good question. There are, yeah, I think we get a lot of questions about the head core skis compared to like like a renegade Cochise yeah. hammer like where the weight difference is massive. Yeah. And th those ones are the ones where I'm like, if you, if you had just taken a look at the weights, like yep. that would be a very good indicator. Um, we I, did get asked about like, I think the line vision 108 versus the Blizzard coaches. Did we really? I think that oh. was, yeah, that's an example. Yeah. So that's a 1600 gram ski versus a 2300 gram ski. Yeah which like you could almost make a whole ski out of the weight difference. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mostly it's those ones or it's like someone asking like, again, just opposite ends of the spectrum, like a Sir Francis Bacon or a park ski compared to like some super directional charger. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately I can't think of any like two skis the that most, we get asked yeah. about all the time that are just wildly off. Mm -hmm. Scott wants to know, should Jonathan grow a beard? Yes. Really? I think so. Man, Nicole agrees with that. Yeah, just I do it then. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I was kind of on the way a little bit, and then your face just feels itchy and weird, and I was like, this is going to... Well, I, I can't grow a beard at all. Okay. I, I, I think maybe if I dye my hair blonde, I'll try and grow up my mustache, and then if you grow out your beard, maybe I'll chop all my hair off. <laughs> okay. That actually might be the thing that <laughs> gets me to do it. Last question from Andrus, and then we'll move on. Do you use a bidet or are you still a Neanderthal? I am a Neanderthal. Yeah. I have, Sweet. the one time I used a bidet was on accident um, after getting up and trying to flush and I hit the bidet button and it shot a like, like power washer level power water stream all the way across the bathroom. So I think I have PTSD from that and I don't think I'll be getting one anytime soon, Scott. Okay. I'm going to give you a combined score of eight. For, cool. the, for the Andrews questions. That. Yeah, and by the way, I think I forgot to give you a rating for Nicole's question about why your hair is so long, but given that you brought up dyeing it and growing it longer, I'm going to give you a zero. All right. Well, my answer was still scientifically correct. It grows, and if you don't cut it, it keeps growing. <laughs> um, a little bit related question back to gear. Um, let's see if this if this causes you to phrase things a little bit differently, what do you like most in a ski and what do you like least? Just mm -hmm. you personally. I think, I mean, my top priority is just like, I want it to be predictable. I like, I can have a good day on the mountain as long as my ski is not just like acting super weird in certain conditions or when I ski it a certain way. Um, and as long as that's happening, I'll still have fun. Um, what, what do I care about least? Um, what do you like least or dislike most? <laughs> sure. Okay. I think I, I just tend to really not get along well with skis that are one, like very directional, very rearward mount points and very light and very stiff. Yeah. I just, I, that, that doesn't, that doesn't get me playfulness. It doesn't get me stability. It's not intuitive. So that would probably be my answer. And I luckily get to stay away from those skis and just send them to you and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky us. Yeah. I'm going to give you a 10 for that answer, actually. Cool. I thought that was good. 
who would you most like to interview or who would you most like to have me interview if you would be too shy? I think Yvonne Chouinard. Hmm. And do you I want like to do it? I would like to be in on that interview. Okay. Yeah. I, he's like one of my heroes, like yeah. one of the few people I would call a hero. Yeah. And he just seems like he's full of not only just like really good advice, but also just ridiculous stories from all of his adventures over the years. Um, yeah. That's a pretty easy answer. That's a pretty good answer. All right. You get a 10. Cool. Rank your siblings from favorite to least favorite. <laughs> uh, uh, can I plead the fifth? <laughs> no. How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have an older brother, Jack, a uh, younger brother, Mitch, and a younger sister, Allison. Okay. Um, who I'm supposed to all talk to in like 15 minutes right. right after <laughs> being told to rank them. Yeah. Um, you know, here at Blister, we pride ourselves on objectivity <laughs> and being accurate and honest and so, okay, uh, I'll put Mitch, my younger brother, at the top one because he's always down to like come visit and ski and bike and stuff. And two, he just turned 21, so I can finally drink with him. <laughs> um, I'll put my sister next, um, no particular reason. Um, and my older brother last because he was like the perfect older child. He was valedictorian of high school <laughs> and like never got in trouble, which made my life really hard in high school. So I'm still holding that against him now, but not really. <laughs> that was an amazing answer, actually. So you definitely get a 10. Cool. I also, I don't think you know this, but we had like when we've had various times where like one of our computers has died or one of mine was recently stolen and I was like without a computer for God, I don't, it was two or three weeks or something. It was a while. God, I, you had, I was making you, I was stealing your computer to do podcasts and things. And there was like a letter that you had to your sister. Did you read it? I did. And it what was the like fuck? the nicest thing ever. And I was like, this is the best this brother. A breach of privacy. It is, was totally a breach of privacy. <laughs> and it was lovely. And you get 10 bonus points for being Sick. a wonderful brother. That can make up for me not being interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was amazing. It was very sweet. And she is lucky to have you as a brother, even though you did not pick her as your favorite <laughs> yeah, sibling. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this one. Um, Mitch has been out here. Have Yeah, he helped uh he, he helped uh stain our ski racks here <laughs> when he he showed up at like the worst time and we were like building stuff in uh HQ. Um but yeah, he was here in I think November or December. Or maybe it was later. I don't I can't remember. Uh, well, that means he's my favorite of your yeah. siblings. Yeah. yeah, Mitch, good on you. Top three favorite books. Yeah, so I haven't read much <laughs> oh, zero. recently, huh? but my favorite book I've ever read was The Tower by Kelly Cordes um, about Sarah Torre. Really interesting history about it, and I think Kelly's a really good writer. Um, and I've like, I've had the chance to talk to him briefly a few times before. He's just like super nice dude, really funny. Um, so that's definitely the book. Like I enjoyed the most just reading it. When did you talk to him? Uh, this was like, uh, senior year of high school. He was at Michigan ice fest and the UP it was my first time ice climbing with my buddies up there. And he spoke and hung out with everyone. Second would be kind of cliche, but let my people go surfing by Yvonne Schnard. I just think, like, so my nickname in high school was Patagonia Luke. Um, Why? Because I was, like, really, really passionate about the brand, like, more than any high schooler should be. And, like, I didn't have a ton of Patagonia stuff, but I did, like, I wore it and would just, like, always try to strike up conversations about, like, look at this new environmental campaign they're doing. Like, look at this new Nano Air insulator. And no one was like, everyone, shut up, like. Shut up, Patagonia Luke. Um, but yeah, anyways, that book was like super cool to just read about the history and how they decided to do things pretty differently than a lot of people. And because my interest in apparel is kind of a natural connection. And third, honestly, like I haven't read it in a while, but I remember reading Hatchet in like grade school by Gary Paulson. It's like a book about this guy this kid who crash lands in the middle of nowhere, Canada, and has to like survive on his own until he gets rescued. And as a kid who was like obsessed with fishing and being outside and like 
the terrain they were talking about was just like northern Wisconsin. I really liked that and then ended up I think he did like two or three follow-up books. Um it's definitely it's like targeted at like elementary and high schoolers, but I really liked it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you a 9 for that and I'm going to give myself a minus 10, actually like a minus 50. How I didn't ask you about the Patagonia Luke <laughs> yeah. name is I just, I've brought shame upon my family. Yeah. 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 And the funny thing was <laughs> um, it resurfaced in college. Um, like I didn't try and bring it with me <laughs> to college, but so it turns out the apparel and merchandising program is predominantly female. Um, and I was one of like four or five guys in my class um, and met up or like ended up talking with uh, one of the girls who turned ended up being one of my best friends who is from Crested Butte actually and she let me know that all the girls in the class were refer- referring to me as Patagonia boy and then they realized that like my Instagram handle at the time was Patagonia Luke and yeah so it, it's followed me around but I don't think it's followed me to Crested Butte <laughs> wait till this comes out um top three favorite movies no explanation just give me your top three um, I think right now, Austin to Boston is number one. Uh, 180 degrees south is probably two. And then basically any Christopher Nolan movie um, would be take up the third slot. Give me one. Um, Interstellar is the one that I watched most recently. Um, I love, I'll watch Inception or The Dark Knight like anytime. Memento is really good. Um, I just really like his style. Um, but Austin to Boston is a documentary about a, um, kind of concert tour that, um, it was one of the guys from Mumford and Sons, one of the guys from Old Crow Medicine Show, and then the Staves, Ben Howard, Nathaniel Ratliff, and Bears Den, all bands that I listen to a lot. And it's just a, they take these like seven or eight old VW vans and tour from Austin to Boston going on this like stupidly like all over the place route. Um, But mostly it's just like the music is phenomenal and I'll just put that on and listen to it while I'm working or something like that. And when I actually pay attention, I think it's just a a really cool kind of story. And again, the music's just amazing. And then 180 Degrees South is jeff johnson's movie um and it's about him kind of replicating yvonne chouinard and doug Tompkins' trip from california to patagonia um and he like hops on this boat um kind of helps out it was some guy that needed his sailboat taken down there so he helps with that and then meets up with yvonne stops at like easter island goes surfing goes fishing and then they climb a mountain um but more than that, it's just a lot of, well, one, again, the soundtrack's really good. Um, it's a lot of like early Modest Mouse, which I really like. And then um, they kind of dive into like Yvonne's background and Jeff's background and how they're similar. And then one of the Malloy brothers comes along. But it was just, it's just like, to quote Sam Shaheen, it's got a really good vibe oh, to it. God. I, I can't really explain it, but it just makes me like excited to go outside and makes me feel good. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Interstellar. It's good. Do I, need I actually to think see I it? have it downloaded on my computer if you want to watch it? I mean, I have ways to access films, but <laughs> yeah. Do uh, I, should I watch it? Yeah. Yeah. And try and get it on a big screen, watch it in the dark, and watch it really loud. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, that one I think is one of his more polarizing films. Yeah. Some people loved it, some people hated it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned music, so I want to ask, um, given that you will, you're like one of the people who I, I know who most frequently will post like an Instagram story, or like listening to this track or whatever. Yeah. So either your top three favorite bands or artists of all time or kind of your top three current. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my music taste is weird. Um, I A lot of it is like nostalgia but my parents like have this thing where they'll get obsessed with one artist or band and like play just that for months and then switch to something completely different. So like as a kid, we listened to a lot of like Coldplay, then Dave Matthews, then the killers, then like death cab for cutie, 
then but then I don't know. I I like a lot of indie folk. I listen to a lot of electronic music just because it's nice for working. Um, I would say Bon Iver is still one of my favorites of all time. Um, I honestly, it's pretty tough after that. Just Bon Iver. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I listen to him all the time. It's just something I can always go back to. I like Odessa a lot, but I don't listen to them much just like with headphones. Um, so who's who's in ro- heavy rotation right now? It's mostly just like playlists. Yeah. And I make a lot of playlists and I have like a playlist for basically anything I could think of. Um, so I, I have a lot that are like kind of EDM for working, just kind of like background noise almost. Um, and a couple of bands from that, like Tourist, I like, um, like Drolo. <laughs> There's some weird EDM bands that I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Um, then a lot of indie folks, so like Bony Bear, James Vincent McMorrow, Bear's Den, um, Radical Face, Ray LaMontagne. And then I do like, I don't know, a lot of like really down-tempo instrumental stuff and um, been getting into like kind of like surf punky rock ish so like fiddler is one of my favorite it's one of my favorites to ski and bike to because there's just a lot of shouting and um but it's still got like actually has a beat to it um and then like i actually i should say the killers like that's kind of like the first band that i like really latched onto myself and um like i'm not a huge fan of their new albums but like hot fuss i will never ever get tired of that album do you still so you still listen to it oh yeah, yeah all the time yeah yeah, if they could just make that album again, but with different songs, <laughs> just like the same exact sound, I would be so happy. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, there's a lot of, this wasn't very decisive. No. So I'm giving you like a five. Yeah, my, it's it, like more more and more, I think I've gotten less focused on a particular artist and just like focus on a sound. So like like kind of auto-tune-y slash folky. That's like the really weird, vague genre that I'm into right now. But it's like the playlist is, I don't think there's many repeats of the same artists. So it's kind of, I don't know if that's like a result of like streaming or or what, but um, now I'm less focused on singular artists and just kind of like try and find a sound I like. I think that's a huge shift for most of yeah, us. it's like I don't I don't listen through an album very often yeah. unless it like pops up and it's from yeah. one of the bands I listen to all the time. Do you know that I saw Bonnie Vare live in Austin? I don't remember if it was South by or Austin City Limits or Fun 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 Fest. It was, <laughs> but it was like many. ten years ago. Yeah, so they would have had maybe only one album out. Yeah, this oh, is wow. his first album. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've had the chance to see him twice now. Once at the Eau Claire festival that he helped start and it was like the first year and it was like right before their most recent album came out so that was super cool that was that might be more interesting than having a two degrees of separation from a brewery founder yeah maybe I don't know um I realized I didn't give you a score for your top three movies um I'm thinking like six yeah that wasn't that you weren't that decisive you you kind of anything Christopher Nolan. Oh, I picked my top two. Yeah, you get a six. I forced a random review on you with this uh, orange vanilla Coke. Give me your own random review. Any product? Oh, yeah. Um, So the other day I finally like bit the bullet and bought a bunch of fly fishing stuff. Um, Some of which is like the kind of purchase like, I really don't want to buy it, but I just kind of need it. Um, Like a net finally. and some tippet, but then there was one pr- product that I was like, I want to buy this, and I'm I don't care how much it costs, it's gonna be worth it. And it was just like it's basically a beer koozie with a lanyard on it, so you can drink while you fish, and you don't have to worry about your beer spilling. And it's proved to be extremely effective so far. Sounds functional. It's not the most stylish thing, but uh, yeah, I like normally I carry my camera and my fly gear and my hip pack. And that gets a little tight if you cram a few beers in there and like trying to keep one upright is even more difficult. So yeah, definitely worth the 1495 or whatever I paid for it. Okay. Though I think I could just sell one next time. Sell one? 
Sew it. Sew it. Sew, sew it. it. Yeah. It's it's just webbing attached to a koozie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a seven. Cool. It's, yeah. What's the best question I haven't asked you? Hmm. <laughs> like, what else is there to my life? <laughs> you are stalling real hard on this question. Nothing is coming to mind. So yeah, I gonna... think you're just really good at it, uh, I'm asking super... questions. There you go. Which should get me sucking up, sucking up to the interviewer. All right, we're going to call that good. Um, so let's see. I've got, I'm going to give you for your last question of what's the best question I haven't asked you. We'll give you a seven for that. It was solid. Um, let me see. I need to tally up, tally up the score here. <laughs> okay, so according to our pretty sketchy math, math <laughs> uh, there were 22 questions-ish with a 169.5 score. So that basically gives you a 77. How do you, you know? If I was like getting, a, well, what would that be? Would that be a D or a C? That's a C plus, isn't it? Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah you're, you're slightly above average, Luke. Yeah, that's fine. It's a lot <laughs> worse than I did in actual college. So <laughs> I can't tell which one's more valuable. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. But anyway, well, you have set a bar. We have a very, very sketchy 77 percent or 169.5 however you want to think of it uh so yeah there's our first reviewing the reviewer i think it was a success well cool i will let you go you got to go talk to the siblings and uh how i ranked them tell them how you ranked them um tell tell your sister that i think you're a wonderful (laughs) wonderful brother but uh well yeah you've been uh i can't believe it's only been three years with you at blister because you uh as I just as I tell most people when we just are kind of talking, I'm just like I don't know whatever. Luke just kind of runs the show, and while I think I'm still pulling more hours than you, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably you. Uh, I don't know how we would be doing what we do without you, and it's uh, it has been fun. It has been interesting. It has definitely been too much. Yeah. But uh, yeah. uh, here's to uh, here's to doing too much and yeah. uh, hopefully doing something good. And there's no question that uh, what we do around here is better uh, because of your contribution. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, man. Um, I'm glad you took that internship job yeah. back when I wouldn't talk to you or yeah. didn't know what your name was. Fixed your media kit for you. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Get on that call. Thanks. We will talk to you very soon. And uh talk to all of you listening to this uh, soon as well. All right. That's it for this edition of Gear 30. Thanks to Luke Coppa for the conversation. And yeah, if you want to check our math on the grade we gave Luke, just let us know in the show notes to this episode if that 77% was too high or too low or whatever. Thanks also to Tribe Alpha for sponsoring this episode. Go to tribealpha.com slash gear to see how they can help you grow your e-commerce business and in the process get a 10% discount off their standard pricing when you go to tribealpha.com gear. Finally, I want to thank Luke Alley for producing this episode and thanks to you for listening. And if you are enjoying these Gear 30 episodes or any of our other podcasts, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a nice little rating or review in iTunes, spread the word to your gearhead friends, or leave us a comment or question or some feedback on the website. Thanks, everybody. Please be safe out there, and we will talk to you again next week.